Hey everyone, great to be with you. Number three of our series, Word to the Wise. Um, we're looking at the book of Proverbs, and if you've uh, joined with us and tried to uh, read your way through Proverbs, you'll see that it is <clears throat> um, it's broken up and it jumps about all over the place uh, with lots of different topics. So one of the things that we've tried to do as we go through this series is collate some of the themes and some of the ideas and group them together. So as Ant was saying before last week, we had uh, wisdom and words because it's pretty much all wisdom. And this week, our subject is um, wisdom and relationships. And we all need um, some help with uh, our relationships. We all have relationships. It's one of those things that when we stop and think about it, it's actually essential for human flourishing. It's actually fundamental to our very existence uh, is our capacity to relate to one another we are and i think we've really <clears throat> been able to see this we've had a strong sense of this as we've gone into lockdown the sense in which we are so closely knit and sort of dependent on kind of interdependent uh, on each other we have a need for a community we need we we actually need community it needs to function we've got this need for affirmation we want people to tell us that we're doing all right we need people on the other side to challenge us we want to belong all all of this kind of stuff it's absolutely um essential for our progress as a as human beings to be able to have relationships um, with each other and when we can't you know the things fall down don't they I've, I've been trying to think about how these sort of come into being and i think there's three main groups um for us to think about in terms of how we how we have relationships uh, with each other. I guess the first one would be inherited relationships. And we have, I mean, that's, you could flip it and you could you could sort of see the negative in it. Blood's, you know, there's the blood's thicker than water and there's, you can't change your family, but you can change your friends sort of scenario. There's people that we have in relationship with just, and that's just the way it is. So there's inherited relationships. There's There's necessary relationships as well. Um, if we're going to work, we've we've got to get on with our colleagues, or we encounter our colleagues. We've got people that live around us, neighbours. We might have classmates, that kind of thing. So we've got inherited relationships. We've got necessary relationships, and then I think we've got the relationships that we pursue. We've got relationships that we desire. So it's partners, friends, that kind of thing. And I guess there is there's the whole rest of the world that we might meet occasionally in in different forms. But those three groups, I think. Um, and, you know, describe most of the relationships we'll encounter. And I think we spend, we journey through our lives working this stuff out. The journey of life is almost a sort of a, a lesson in how to do relationships. So I don't know, we used to do um, a mums and tots group at Xscape when, you know, in the days we used to meet together. And it was one of the first things I, I did when I came into ministry picked up the post when first you know actual things i had to engage with 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 was the mums and tots and you you think on the one hand that it's just this i don't know it's just it's this one thing but actually it's a it's the start for the tots it's the start for the human beings of this uh, journey through life of needing to engage and relate to other people so the the mums and dads or the carers come along and these these small beings go from having all of their own toys and just having the 
parents, you know, at their every whim, and then they're dumped in with about 50 other kids who all want the toys more than them. They might be a little bit bigger than them. And it's just, um, for those that used to run the talk group, it's a chaotic delight. But what we're watching, what you're observing, is um, the story of human humans working out how to relate to each other. Um, and this sort of goes on right the way through life. Um, you, as a parent now, I watch my kids and you see them sort of relate to different people. You see them pursuing certain, you know, there's the popular, you know, we need friendships or I want relationships. Do I go after the really good looking person? Do I, do I pursue that? Do I try and be friends with the popular people or do I pursue people that are going to be really loyal? And you sort of working out and the whole time and, and you realize it's just essential that you can get on with somebody. And this sort of goes right the way through our lives. I'm 41 now, nearly 42, and wondering if if this is ever something that we stop figuring out and how we relate with each other. It's critical for us personally, but I think you look at the world around us and you see, I think one of the ways you would describe, you could pick pretty much any country you want, almost. It feels like that at the moment. And you'd say it's it's fractured. There's a fractured nature. We are very much grouped um, and struggling to relate to each other. It's it's critical, I think, for our world, that this idea that we're able to relate um, to each other. And the book of Proverbs that we're going to look at is here to make us wise. It's the, it's the book amongst a couple of other books in the Bible that is here to guide us in wisdom. Uh, we split the Bible up into, or we split the Bible up. The Bible is split up by scholars into different groups. And one of the groupings is the wisdom literature. And it's this idea that we will become wise for life. And we're thinking about being wise in relationships. Now, I think we probably keep reiterating this idea, but it's worth reiterating. Wisdom is not just information consumption. Wisdom is not just being able to recall something. And, and store information it, it's it's more than that isn't it because to be wise for life to be wise in relationships we we kind of know that it requires more than just being able to recall and know stuff because life is it's gray isn't it it's nuanced it's complex it's it's ever changing we're constantly facing situations where we don't where the the recall that we can have is not what's going to get us through we need to think afresh about something so it's more about being able to to use um our experience and the knowledge that we've got it's that's what wisdom is it's, it's our capacity to use that not just to be able to recall it but be able to have a pattern and a structure for thinking stuff through because life uh, requires that proverbs doesn't teach wisdom i think it's, this is quite an interesting concept it doesn't teach us wisdom by just giving us a line to recite. When I thought about the book of Proverbs, I think probably for most of my life, I've just had a couple of them, a couple of Proverbs that I've known, you know, just that I've been able to regurgitate, a bit like Doc Cotton. I don't know if you watch EastEnders. I don't think, I don't watch it. I've not watched it for a while, but there was a period in my life where it appealed. It had appeal. Maybe I was just free at that time, but I, I used to watch EastEnders. And Doc Cotton was a character in it. I think she's still going. I think she's still going. And she just fires out of a, a verse every now and again and I think sometimes we can look at it's, it's quite an easy thing to do so sort of hang hang our hats on one or two key lines in the book and think that we've that's us being wise I don't think 
I think that might even be unwise. I don't think that's what Proverbs is doing. I think what Proverbs does <clears throat> um, is give us a big a kind of a plethora of insight, life circumstances and advice. It just it gives us a huge big range of things to think about, not so that we just hang our hats on them all, but so that we have and so that we have pathways and processes to function in 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 the nuanced complex lives that we live in. So there's nothing um, there's nothing specific about if you're a parent whether your kids should date an 18 year old person or if you're you know there's nothing specific about whether you should whether it's you know there's no specific verse saying this is the age to encourage your elderly relative to think about going into a smaller house or into a care home or something like that there's no specific guidance like that but what there is and top up the amount of times if you're reading through proverbs with us that it talks about this idea of pathways and processes there if we read it um we are trained in wisdom okay so let's go through a few of these um of these proverbs that dave read out to us and let's see if we can be blessed or learn about some of the some of the wisdoms that's in it the first one there pop up on your screen just now proverbs so we've tried to group them together and to allow us to, to think about this a little bit more proverbs 13 20 and 22 24 let me just read them again walk with the wise and become wise walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm and 22 24 and 25 says do not do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Don't make friends with a hot-tempered person. I don't know if you've got any hot-tempered friends. Don't associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. It asks us to think, so I think hopefully we're going to incrementally work our way through these some of these concepts and we're going to start with the more overt and obvious sayings about relationships. It talks about the influence. I think these proverbs give us insight into the influence that our relationships have. I, um, I looked for quotes on relationships and the one that came up um, most frequently was one that said, you are who your friends are. I think it was the most quoted by parents, that kind of idea. You are who your friends are and the, the truth of it is and i think this is where the wisdom that solomon brings us is just a reflection of the realities of life is that we rub off on each other and we see probably a couple of times a week if you're somebody that watches the news you'll see a story probably about a <clears throat> let's use the word neutral a neutral person somebody who has no inherent good or, or bad about them just a, just a young you know often a younger person ends up in the wrong crowd and often ends up, um, you know, can end up, can end up, that's probably a better way to describe it, can end up in a gang, in with the wrong people, sometimes end up jailed and sometimes ends up ends up dead. We, you can you kind of know how that can happen. That can happen. Equally, same kid, same person, neutral person, no great good in them, no great bad in them, hangs around, <clears throat> you know, with good peers. You know, maybe, maybe they've got a study group on a Wednesday night or you know something like that and life can head in a, a different direction because 
friends have got this really our relationships the relationships that we choose they have consequences they have big influence on our lives and i'm sure if we look back we'll see that for ourselves <clears throat> 27 4 and 5 and 27 9 better so at this point i think what it asks us to do um we realize as i think as we go as you, as you keep reading through some of the proverbs you realized uh, paul used this word a couple of times in his preach last week the ambiguity so the nuance the subtlety and, it, and we're caused and stirred to think uh, more deeply so th the first one that we just read there some of the meaning was quite overt it's not always the case um, as you read through the proverbs you've got to stop and think and then the wisdom i think you accrue the wisdom as your brain's trying to work out <clears throat> uh, what the message is so it says better an open rebuke than hidden love wounds from a friend can be trusted but an enemy multiplies kisses wounds from a friend can be trusted but an enemy multiplies kisses and then the next one perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and pleasantness and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice there is i think out of the wisdom of these two proverbs we we, we are told that there is a depth and a quality uh, to real friendship you know the more that we look into it we, we sort of realize that real friends and maybe you've experienced this this is not i don't think some of some of the wisdom about our relationships here it's not immediately obvious and it's it's stuff that we learn over time but i think <clears throat> i think if you've had friends for a while one of the things you realize is that real friends are able to call you out a real friend can call you out it, even in a way that can hurt you so i think as this parable is suggesting in a way that can hurt you but because of the strength of the relationship because it's got trust you know that this wound which is the language that solomon uses can be for your good it can be a good thing and flip that over um the other side we know that it's possible to have somebody we might call a there's the quirky inverted commas we might call them a friend and they might lavish praise on us all the time but we know with wisdom that this person might not necessarily be a re real friend and i think that's the second thing that we see proverbs do just something for us to think about is proverbs really illuminate uh, this idea of wisdom paul as ant mentioned in his lead paul referenced a black mirror uh, which is <clears throat> um, a, a show i think it's a netflix show that presents us i think the way that paul talked about it was that it it, it, it graphically grabs us with what might come of the way that we live our lives now it's the black it's the black mirror and he says proverbs works in that kind of way and i think one of the other ways that we can think about it is that it it's it uses very in a similar way to black mirror black mirror confronts us very graphically and visually with the consequences of how we might live our lives to grab us proverbs does exactly the same thing it grabs us in in a in as powerful a way i guess as anybody could grab anybody th through the means of the day in that he uses his poetry so he uses he uses the language the kisses of an enemy that's sort of the the and, and you're made to think of yo that really cuts doesn't it we maybe even think of if you've read the bible a few times you maybe even think of judas that, that sort of character 
and you sort of grabbed by it. <clears throat> and he also, he says in a positive way, sincere, heartfelt advice has got an aroma to it. And he sort of grabs us and illuminates the wisdom. And he makes us, <clears throat> the writer really makes us think of the impact of our relationships. I think, I think something that, <clears throat> so some, definitely something that I've been guilty of, and I think is a bit of a, one of those things that happens with us in our lives is that we can, <clears throat> we can become a little bit relationship blind because I don't know, we, we might, we might really want a friend. Uh, we might be the kind of person that needs affirmation and then we'll just, you know, in a search for that and a need for that, we'll, we'll just grab hold of any friend that they can get. We, we might want to become popular. We might have a desire for a partner and, <clears throat> And these sorts of things, and this is, I guess, on a personal level, but we can think about it more broadly as well. You know, our world can be a bit relationship blind in some senses. We don't, we don't see, uh, just to use an example, just popping into my head, we don't see the person who's making the clothes, for example, as a <clears throat> at the other side of the world, not getting paid very much. We don't all we we don't always have that. We don't always see them. We don't always associate with them in a relationship sort of way we don't think oh this is a fellow human being in that sense we're not always just as aware of that we can be a little bit relationship blind and the proverbs really grab us and say you need to think about this you need to think about this more have you considered this look how significant your relationships are look at the influence that that they have on you look how much impact a friend can have on you look how important it is that you find genuine uh, friendships and relationships uh, one more one more grouping of, of proverbs uh, 17 <clears throat> 17 says and again this is where it gets it gets even more nuanced and it gets the the of them as, as i particularly as we group these together the, the meaning of them is less obvious and requires you to really sort of read into them and sort of dwell on them and think about them a little bit more a friend loves at all times and the brother is born for a time of adversity uh, 19, 6 and 7 says, many curry favour with a ruler and everyone is the friend of one who gives gifts. The poor are shunned by all their relatives. How much more their friends avoid them. Though the poor pursue them with pleading, they are nowhere to be found. And then 20, verse 6 says, many claim to have unfailing love but a faithful person who can find. What is he saying about relationships? This seems, this is hard to, you know, where do we start with this little passage? I think one of the things it says as we sort of pull them together, just keep your eyes over them for a second. If we can keep that text up, it'd be really helpful. We kind of know that relationships from the sort of collated wisdom of Proverbs, we know that and the wisdom of Proverbs and just life, our own life, we know that relationships are critical. We know that they're really, impactors we know that they're life shapers and we know the importance of pursuing good you know good relationships having good friends and good partners and even good colleagues we know the wisdom of that uh, but we also know and i think this is this is what these particular groupings of proverbs is saying to us we also know even with even with the best friends even with awesome friends even with you know the most tight-knit friendship groups or the most solid marriages, or the best business relationships, people who we 
you kind of look lovers through thick and thin. We see in verse in, in 1717 that all relationships can have holes in them. We can and we kind of know that, don't we? And we see uh, the, I think the challenge of the, the middle proverb there um, is circumstance, you know, circumstances can come along that can that really can expose the kind of conditionality of just being a human. In that in that proverb, we see it. The poor can be shunned by all their relatives and how much more their friends about them. We kind of know that when the circumstances of life can, can be against us, we can be exposed. Even though we want to be really good people, we know that we can be exposed. We know this personally. And I think we see it, we see it really graphically across our world. We see... Um, we see the relationship holes. We see the way that people are, you know, racial, you know, there's racial tensions, or we see that there's, you know, we, we see how tribal people can be. We see that the difference that class can make. We see the difference that personality types can make. I think the ultimate message, the sort of meta-narrative, the bigger picture message of Colossians, of Colossians, we're not in Colossians, of Proverbs, you know, beams out of, of 20 and six, I think many claim to have unfailing love. We feel this, we feel that we feel that we want the perfect relationship. We need, we need the perfect relationships, but an unfailing, many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find somebody who, who is perfect, that perfect relationship. And I think one of the things it gets us to think about is that all of our relationships and it's really easy to look around the world and see the fractured world and go yes they definitely need some help in relating but i think all of our relationships need redeeming all of our relationships need some help even the best ones now if you've listened to me or paul or if you come to christchurch for a while you know at this kind of point in the sermon that we're going to talk to you about jesus because our preachers are not a lot different from sunday school lessons really there's a great um there's a great proverb that would point us there. It's 1824. It says, one who has unreliable friends comes to ruin. I think it's one of those proverbs that speaks out of, of proverbs and gets us to think a bit more. Proverbs 1824, one who has unreliable friends comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Brother. Said that gangster than that. Brother. Proverbs is a book in and, in and of itself. It's a book, but it's it's part of the collected Bible story, and we've got to read it as part of that bigger picture. Um, we've got to read it as a book that points to Jesus. One of the things that Jesus said, one of the things he asked us to consider. So, on the on the at the end of Luke's gospel, we read about this after his resurrection. One of the things he said was, "All all of these all of these writings point to me. They make sense in me. They're all about me. They're all fulfilled in me." In the Gospels, we read that one greater than Solomon is to come, and that's Jesus. Paul says in the New Testament that Jesus is the very fulfillment and embodiment of wisdom. So just stop for a second. So I'm going to talk to you about Jesus, but one of the things that you should think, one of the things that might that might just be slowly popping into your head as it popped into mine was Jesus doesn't seem to heed any of Solomon's advice. 
He doesn't seem to heed any of it. This, the wisest man, I think that's how he's often referred to, that has ever lived. And we've got these proverbs that even that I'm pointing you towards now and saying, this is wisdom. Jesus comes along and it doesn't, you know, his best friends <clears throat> are pretty random people. He hangs around with, um, you know, tax collectors. Um, he, he hangs around with prostitutes. He hangs around with people who are demon possessed. He doesn't. Uh, one of the encouragements in the last chapter of Proverbs, have a look at this. Proverbs uh, 31 encourages, um, talk, talks about uh, the, a faithful wife and a, a like a, the idea of a beautiful wife. Jesus doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't observe any, hardly any, doesn't seem to observe any of the wisdom that Solomon projects. What is, what is, what is Jesus doing? One of the statements that they would make about Jesus was that he was a, and we're going to sing it at the end, he was a friend of sinners. He had relationships that look on the face of it as incredibly unwise. What was he doing? I think we get a clue to the answer um, in John chapter 17. So would you read that with me? Because we should be, we should be a little bit, we should be a little bit stopped in our tracks. I think if Jesus is the fulfillment of wisdom, then what is he doing living this certain way? Here's a prayer um, that Jesus prayed. It's in his, in the Passion Week. And I've, I've, if I'm really honest, I've really struggled. To, I've, I've struggled with this. I've wanted to share it a few times in the little prayer time that we have on a Friday morning, but not really knowing what to do with it. And it's really made sense to me this week as I've been thinking about this idea of relationships. John 17, 20 says, my prayer is not for them alone. I think that's referencing the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So listen to this, verse 21, that all of them may be one. I pray that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. So this is the point where you start scratching your head a little bit. What's Jesus saying? May they also be in us so that the word, so that the world may believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Verse 23, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So it'd be good just to keep that text up just for a second, because I think it speaks really powerfully into this question that we've got. You know, what are we to make of, of Jesus? Here's what I'd say about Solomon's advice. It's amazing advice. It's, it's, it's wisdom. It's wide. Wide. <laughs> it's wise. Solomon's guidance is wise. But it comes from, it comes from a broken kingdom. It's advice that, that looks out and hopes for something perfect. Look, it, it shoots for something perfect. But it's advice, sage brilliant wisdom for the moment from a kingdom that's that's broken jesus's wisdom his example his guidance doesn't come from a kingdom that's broken it comes from a kingdom that's perfect that breaks into a world that's broken that's how we should see it that's what jesus is doing 
Jesus is saying in this little text, I have come, I have come here so that the relationships that people have with each other can be as they are supposed to be, as is perfect. That's what I'm doing. That's what that's what my practice is. That's what I'm going around speaking about, reflecting, so that people can be as. So he said, he talk, what he's talking about there, as he talks about, so I am in God as he is in me. When he, when he talks about that stuff, what he's referencing is the Trinity, this perfect God exists, God existing in perfect community with himself. It's perfect. This perfect submission, this perfect respect, this perfect love, this perfect unity in that. And Jesus is saying, at the beginning of time, human beings were created to experience this. When we started out in Genesis, this is what humans could have pre-fall, pre-curse. This is what this is the dream. This is the plan. I have come, Jesus says, to live a life that reflects that. So his wisdom breaks into this broken world that we live in right now. And so what he does as he lives, and maybe we'll talk about this a little bit in the chat because some of it really jars, doesn't it? We see, we see the wisdom of Jesus and we see the wisdom that we think will keep us safe in today's world and we reflect on what he's doing. And as he lives, when we think particularly about the fractured, broken world that we live in and the difficult, you know, our search for perfect relationships, you know, and looking around the world, maybe even across the pond in America, at the sort of racial tensions or looking at home as we see our sort of fragmented nation. And we think, oh, we need to be able to relate. We need to be able to find a way to get past this. And we think about the way that Jesus brought people together. We think about, we think about the story of the Good Samaritan where Jesus speaks to a, a group of people who hate each other, just like, and I've got every reason to just hate each other and I've got no common connection whatsoever. And Jesus tells a story that lasts, it lasted for 2000 years. What I would say to you is it will last forever because it's wise. He tells a story of how, even though it seems impossible, these groups can come together. And he, he, what he does in telling, just for example, a story like that, he takes us on the best pathways, the best thought pathways. We think about the, the thought pathways that Solomon opens up for us, wisdom. And, but then we look again at what Jesus asks us to think about and we see what's not just what's possible safe in this broken kingdom that we live in, but the place that we're ultimately headed to. We see, um, we see him illuminating as we think about how Solomon illuminated the wisdom of, of relationships, how he stirred us with his poetic thought, how he spoke evocatively and got us to really, gets us to really think about what relationships are. When we look at Jesus and we see his life, a life that we see him go and speak to people that nobody would want to speak to. We see him share food where we see him, we see him gather a group of disciples together from disparate parts of the world. We see him eating with sinners. We see him touching the sick and ill that nobody else would touch. We see, we, we are moved. It's evocative. I guess we see ultimately on the cross where he totally sacrifices himself that people would get true relationship and what it is. What Jesus is doing here 
And he's doing it to us right now, I would say, and into the future. He's offering redemption for our relationships. It's, it starts now. When we think about our relationships that are broken and fractured, it starts now as we are slowly melted by what we see in him. But a great hope is when we think about the fractured relationships in the world and the fractured re relationships that we have perhaps, the bits that we've got wrong in the past, the bits that we really regret, you know, maybe about our marriages or about our friendships that we'd want to go back and we think, oh, I just we just can't change that. Our great story, our great hope is that Jesus is and has redeemed these so that one day in eternity future the relationships will be perfect Jesus says to us in his life this is this is love this is what you're missing this is the way really quick challenge if there's something you're wrestling with um, just consider the brokenness of the world and think about the wisdom Jesus offers if this is if this is something that you trust in and you want to go on with and pursue more Think about Jesus' statement when he says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. Jesus says that our relationships with each other might be our most powerful witness, most, might be our most powerful witness to the world. That should sort of rock us if you're somebody who's, who's going on for God and wanting to go on for God more. The way that we interact with each other, the way that we feel about each other, the way that we relate. And I guess maybe in this moment, you think about people that you just can't get on with you won't talk to or you've got huge problems with Jesus says by this shall all men know that you're my disciples that you love one another excuse me there oh. I said I said ready a little bit too early um I was still having me drink my glass of water but you must need a glass of water ash after that thank you very much so I always keep I do always keep a glass of water a coffee beforehand followed with a glass of water <clears throat> I have an unhealthy relationship with caffeine, <laughs> I think there's nothing about that in the book of um, Proverbs, though, or at least at least not that I've seen. I don't know. You were telling me before that you've read, you've you've tried to read your way through it. Yeah, no, recently, just just in preparation for this, I I sort of like many have probably dipped into, you know, uh, section by section over the years, but mm. actually found reading it from start to finish was 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 pretty helpful, really, and pretty enlightening. Um, there's a lot of repetition, isn't there? And yeah, so I guess I was going to ask you when you come to approach something like this, and you've you've obviously grouped a few together. You know how yeah. how how do you pick? You know how do you pick which ones to start? You know there seems to be to some extent a bit of a scattergun of scriptures thrown in here. How do we? How do you group them together? But it does even when you've grouped them together. I think as I was just looking at them there, I thought it's still even even collating them. It still looks a little bit scattergun. The whole book is definitely. I mean, there's the odd chapter where things are, so chapter 31, I think chapter eight, where things are, ideas are pulled together and there's themes that run right the way through. But yeah, I think, <clears throat> I, th I think anyway, one of the ideas is that you just, that you, tr that you wrestle with this whole bunch of, bunch of ideas. I, th I think that, I think there's, you know, there's wisdom in every line. It's God's book. Um, but I think there's a lot of wisdom in trying to not separate it out too much and just, one of the things when I referenced Dot Cotton and somebody pointed out on the text that she's not in EastEnders anymore, but that's because I've not seen it for a while. But I think one of the one of the things that we do, we can do a bit of a Dot Cotton in that we sort of remember one and sort of base our lives on it and then go, well, I'm not, I don't feel much wiser for the hanging on to this little, you know, this little thing. And I, th I think part, you know, 
I don't think I don't think wisdom works like that. I think I think Proverbs is a bit of a training ground that gives us a you know some structure for thinking out stuff. So I try to use that word as often as I can: structure, pathways, processes. I think that's more what wisdom is because I think that life is complex. Like there's nothing in this. You could there's a lot load of problems that you'll come up if you're a parent or if you're a boss or if you're you know a, an employee or an employer or whatever whatever you are in your relationships where you'll look for the Bible and go, does it say anything about this? I can't see anything yeah. specific about, you know, about this. But the Bible does, few, you know, I think give us a lot of yeah. sage advice. No, yeah, I loved how you described it as a, a plethora of insight, uh, not anyone to hang your hat on. I thought that was, uh, that was quite a helpful description. And yeah, actually, I, have, I think... I have, go on, sorry. I think a lot of what you said ties in a little bit with our previous series, thinking about the kingdom of God. You know, where if you remember, we were thinking about how it's how it's now, but not yet. Yeah. You know, how we yeah. how we handle this. Um, yeah. This fact that we're coming here from a very broken set of relationships and, you know, reading back about Solomon's life, you know, all sorts of stuff going on. Wisdom in that situation. And then we're seeing with Jesus, as you described, sort of out and about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember out. using this as um when I was about 17, 18, I think I would get advice from my parents saying, you know, maybe, maybe it's not great to go there. Or have you thought about this? You know, all this sort of advice. And I would always say, well, Jesus went everywhere. And so that is, I guess, this kind of wrestling match where you go in. This really Solomon gives some sound advice, you know, but I, I think anyway, that it's advice that comes with an acknowledgement that the world's, you know, it's quite broken. And there's mm. this wisdom in, in looking at, you know, looking really hard at our relationships. Yeah. You know, but then Jesus comes and seems to, you know, blow that you know, blow that advice out of the water. But he he seems to do that, but he doesn't. You know, he doesn't do that. He just he shows us sort of the end, you know, the end the end goals, you know, of wisdom, mm -hmm. if you like. But it's I think it's hard to. It is it is something that it is a tension I think for us because, and if, like if you're a if you're somebody who needs to give advice, like you're a teacher or a parent, you want to say, look, you need to be yeah. careful with this. You need to really think about this. Um, and you need to know that you know doing this will get you might get you into a bit of trouble. And yet you look at Jesus, who goes out of his way to, you know, show love, has friendships with all kinds of people, so he can be a you know powerful witness or an you know an example. So it is, I think, you, you, the wisdom maybe is to you don't discard what you know what Solomon says, but look at where where he heads you. I think. Okay. Have so you then got I any? Guess, I was one of my questions really. for. Oh, oh, sorry. No, I'm I'm chairing this, Ash. You you will answer my questions. <laughs> no, I joke. So yeah. we're running short. We're running short on time. So I'm just gonna yes, raise yeah. one more thing that I think we should both discuss, which is, you know, a real world scenario. You know, we've talked about what a friendship, what a friendship is in in different ways. But how how do we be a friend to someone in in the real here and now, bearing in mind that the relationship is not perfect, it's going to be broken. Uh, and we're hoping for something better. But nonetheless, we still have to deal with people where they are. You know, should we just go in and rebuke people when they do something wrong? If we were just read, if we just read Proverbs, I think we might get that idea. That we should go and call, yeah. call everyone out, as you say, all the time. Yeah, no, no I mean, no, I don't think, you know, I don't think we should call everyone out all the time. I think we should look at Jesus and his example as hard as we can that the encouragements in the new testament to focus on jesus and you know you could read a bunch of the old test uh, the new testament scriptures and say 
sort of it describes the rest of the match that we have as Christians and then but focus on Jesus because you're really gonna need to keep your eye on him in this broken world. You're gonna need to keep your eye on that and I think head head towards him. So no, I don't I don't think I think I think obviously there is time to call to call people out. But when you look at the way Jesus did call people out, for example, it was he managed to do it always in always soaked in love and grace, you know, and with a <clears throat> with restoration in mind so i think those are the those are key things to think about i think when you yeah. when you get your when you get the solomon hat on and you think oh this this needs some of you know because it's so dangerous isn't it when you think when you try and when you have the hat on of i have got the wisdom here and i need to impart it on somebody else it, it, it's it's so hard to do that in a humble loving way but i think jesus gives us that example so yeah i think i think that, and, I, and i do think there is particularly saying this is somebody who's got kids i think there's inherent wisdom in relationships are mass massive massively influential in our lives and even as i say that i think i hope that they have some jesus impact on people when they grow up in that they they're brave enough and almost almost maybe foolish enough to make friends with a you know everybody and you know leave some of the example of jesus in the people that they meet yeah i guess jesus is always as well just to finish then he's always He's pointing people to himself, isn't he? When he call, when he calls people out, and he's pointing them to the truth of the gospel, and hope. And after all, I guess that's the only you know we can't we don't have wisdom that can that can heal really. We can't really offer any truths that are going to make people's lives better. It's it's pointing them to Christ, I suppose. Ultimately, uh, that is that's where we want to get to in terms yeah. of our relationship with people. Okay, that will be the best. Well, as you say, the best point. We've 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 run out of time, but thank you ever so much for joining us. Um, enjoy the rest of your Sunday yeah. afternoon. Ash, you were going to say something? No, I was. Well, I was going to say, could you close in prayer? And I was going to throw that. At you. Yeah, I was definitely going to say. And uh, let's close in prayer. And then um, please, again, watch out for the email that's going to be coming out this week about what's going on at yeah. church. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you again soon in person as soon as we can. So let's let's pray to close. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Word, the Bible. We thank you for uh, the wisdom that it contains. And Lord, we confess that uh, we recognize our relationships are far from perfect. And, and particularly, Lord, if we ask that you would, um, you would help us to breathe light uh, into the relationships that we have with each other. Mm. And Lord, we pray that, uh, that we, would, we would truly long for the day in heaven when our relationship would, relationships would be perfect, perfect with one another. And that we also pray that our relationship with you, with you, would be the source for that, and that you would you would draw us closer to you as we as we go away this week, and uh, we think about these things. And so we thank you for our time together, and we pray your blessing on our week to come. In Jesus' name, Amen. See you, everyone. See you.